This is Julie Wenger, founder of Becoming Ourselves. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza with The Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, everyone. Today, we've got the founder of the Becoming Ourselves Summit and podcast, Julie Wanger. Julie gets into how our learning is formed by the interactions with the people around us. Julie explains how masterminds are a way that you are able to be called up. And Julie gets into what she does with her clients by asking, who are you? What drives you? And what's the next expansion? Come to find out, a lot of this is getting out of our own way. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show where you know, I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do this, we have got the founder of the Becoming Ourselves Summit and podcast, Julie Wenger. Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, when the listeners realize all the value and golden nuggets and truth bombs that you're going to be you know, putting out there today, where's the best place personally or through social that they can reach out and connect with you, learn more, or possibly work with you? Instagram is amazing. Spent a lot of time there at Julie Wenger and our website, which is juliewenger.com. And I'm going to spell Wenger. It'll be in the show notes for you. But if you're just an auditory type of a person, W-E-N-G-E-R pronounced And Julie Wenger. with no E. Yeah. The proper way to spell Julie, Julie with an I, J-U-L-I. So I like to keep things interesting. We would, would we have it any other way on the mastermind effect? No. No. No, absolutely. Clearly. So. Let's, uh, let's dive into this. You know, our ability to learn and, and access different people, it's, it's, it's drastically changed, in my opinion, over the last five, 10 years. When you and I were younger, textbooks, teachers, family, coworkers, friends, the people around us. But the reality is that's like a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? My learning is so much more informed by understanding how people are wired. Uh, understanding based on our interactions and just really leaning into seeing how people see through different lenses. So I spend a lot of time focused on not so much, you know, the reading and absorbing through that, but through just listening to people and watching their body language and watching their tone and paying attention to, you know, how are they showing up holistically as opposed to just this kind of black and white thinking. I think when we're younger and when we were younger specifically, everything was like, it's very basic. We didn't understand so much about how people function and that's really shifted. Yeah. I think the, the, you know, you and I both have young children and the younger generation is, you know, we have to give, I think we need to give them way more credit for what they're able to take in and realize and then put out into the world. Like, they're not these fragile little glass houses that can't take what's going on. And I'm super excited about the next generation, but I think they really do look at the people around them and, and the information they're taking and, kind, you know, kind of to what you just said. 
I think we're innately wired for that. I think we train it out of ourselves and we get trained to or socialized to think of things more simply, or we'd get socialized to focus more on you know, data knowledge than things like emotional intelligence or things like psychology or things like feelings and intuitions and paying attention to intelligence that doesn't just live in our head. And our kids know that inherently until we train it out of them. Yeah, we take the kid out of us. And I think, you know, what I've learned, at least in the last several years, is putting the kid back in the bottle or maybe letting mm-hmm. the kid back out of the bottle, however which way you want to look at it. Because it doesn't mean that we can't be grown up. But if we look at it from the innocent, childlike eyes and what's possible, we sit there and say, I don't live in a world, you know, where I think outside the box. I just live in a world where there is no box. I yeah. just do. I surround myself with the with the doers, the actors, you know, the activators, not the motivators, and just go forward with it. Move the needle. Because if you're taking, you know, someone by the name of Sean Coe, who's been on a previous episode, uh, he's like, listen, if you're taking a step forward, you can't take a step forward and backwards at the same time. So you're always moving forward. That's amazing. And I love this idea of being out of the box or there being no boxes, because so often what I see is people put themselves into this small little box. They look at, I talk about this in terms of identity all the time. They look at themselves as, hi, I'm Julia and I'm a mom. And that's a box, right? It's a small container. It's a role. It's an assignment. It has a checklist for enoughness attached to it. And when we can look at ourselves and say, no, 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 that is something I do. That is something I participate in. That's somewhere that I show up and I value in my life, but I actually exist outside of that. It allows us to stop playing so damn small. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think I finally realized this is when, when, when my wife came to me and even my son doesn't know what I do. She's like, Hey, one of my friends is asking what you do for a living. And that's what I'm like. I don't live in a box. I don't have a box. There is no more box. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. It's, this it's is super- difficult to explain to people who have that black and white yeah. database thinking. Yeah. So using the left side of the brain right there, you know, the linear brain right there needs to have reason and have that yes, no portion to it. So yeah. love it, love it. All right. You know, we have a lot of ways to take in information more than ever before. And to me, it can actually be super confusing. You know, some people learn from an accountability buddy, some from a mastermind, an online pre-recorded course. It's a lot of ways to learn. YouTube University. Yeah. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, how did you connect and find them? So one of the things that I am currently leaning into is breath. And so I'm learning from a breathwork and meditation facilitator who I connected through a mastermind group to. We were both participants in a mastermind under another coach and happened to, you know, get along really well. I appreciated what she's doing. She appreciates what I'm doing. She put this offering out and I was like, oh, I that's my next growth curve. That's my next learning curve because there is an overachiever in me, a recovering overachiever, a recovering perfectionist that's just go, 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 go and learning to detach from hustle. And it's been fascinating because I'm actually learning through my breath. I'm learning as you know, I start to be able to regulate my nervous system better and learning as I start to be able to create more space for emotional pieces of myself or experiences to move through those. So she has been a really instrumental part of the latest expansion on my growth journey 
of guiding me through a process that you know, I really didn't understand. I didn't know how to breathe, which sounds ridiculous. Like I'm 36 and <laughs> I didn't know how to breathe. There was this breath holding that's happening all the time. And when we get into anxiety, that's what shows up is we hold our breath or we breathe rapidly, which is something that's called over-breathing and it triggers a stress and an anxiety response. So it's, that's been super fascinating. Wow, I love that. And I'm gonna put you on the spot here in a second and see what we get out of it. But like, I, I almost imagined you in these words that you're saying, hi, I'm Julie with an I, I'm 36 years old and I don't know how to breathe. You know, you're yeah. going to that self-help group right there. And, and I'm not, I am not making light of what you're talking about because I'm, I'm learning about- I'm a hustleaholic. Doc- yeah. yeah. And, and there's another interesting one, just, you know, super quick. It's, uh, you know, I've heard the example, someone comes, you have five uh, contractors, they come to bid on building your pool in the backyard. And you go with the one that says, I'm going to work the hardest and we're going to get this done. And you can trust me. And you give them all the tools, the tractors, the, you know, all the big machinery to get it done. And you come out there five hours later and he's just using a shovel to dig. And what you find out is he's like, well, I told you I was going to work hard. And working hard does not mean working smarter, actually moving forward. And that's kind of what I heard when you, you know, you, I, I'm a recovering perfectionist working hard, but you're like, hey, that's not that's not who I am It's not and, the way. It's the way to burnout. It's the way to anxiety. It's the way to being absolutely miserable, even if you're being successful in other people's terms. Yeah. And that's been, that's been my journey. I ran a real estate business very successfully, quote unquote, according to other people for 10 years. And I was unfulfilled. I was anxious. I was in reaction mode all the time. And honestly, part of this breath journey as a piece of my growth journey is recovery from 10 years of push and 10 years of proving and 10 years of trying to measure up. And what showed up was this pattern of a commitment to busy. And the commitment to busy meant that I wasn't always doing the things that were productive or I wasn't always using the tools that were the right thing for the job. And I really had an opportunity to learn that Busy doesn't equal abundance. Yeah. Busy can actually block abundance. And the work now, and for any you know recovering overachievers that are listening to this, your work now is to slow it down and look for how things flow when you're not pushing them. Yeah, I found you can work the same amount of hours, you know, if you're just like, hey, I'm gonna start here, end here, and have more output based off of, you know, what you've decided to re-input up here, how you've decided to recode yourself. And you don't have to work more hours, but you can get more done when you go with that abundance part. Would you give us or could you give us a quick breathing exercise? So this is me putting you on the spot. Like one of, one of my coaches and, and my corner man, Dr. Jeff Spencer, started talking to me about diaphragmatic breathing. Yeah. And so like I still even do like the, hey, when you're blowing out, it's like there's a, uh, there's a flower right there. But would you give us one that, you know, super quick that we could, uh, if the people listening could do it? Yeah, I'm sure. So if we look at something like healing breath, for example, Healing breath or a breath that's like prana breath, we call it, is just very slow and it's very calm. And with breath work specifically, just to lay a little groundwork, there's a couple pieces of this. There's breath awareness and then there's breath practice. So awareness is where you're paying attention. Practice is where you're manipulating the breath. So one of the things we can use to really bring our nervous system down is to breathe through our nose in through our nose, ideally not through our mouth because breathing in through our mouth triggers a stress response. This was new to me. I learned this. Yeah. 
So if you put your feet on the floor and just feel your feet, feel the balls of your feet on the floor, move them around a little bit because we want to get down into our bodies, then just start noticing the breath coming in through your nose and out through your nose. And it might be a little cooler on the inhale and warmer on the exhale. And just pay attention to the breath without any judgment. Inhaling and exhaling. And see if you can lengthen it just a little bit. And then when you're ready, when you're done, super short, but just move your body around a little bit and come out of it. This is what's fascinating about breath is you can take one minute and focus on slow, deep breathing, slow, deep, not forced, but inhales and exhales. And it helps bring us back to our center and bring us back to neutral because we can't function in a CEO space and we can't function in a visionary space if we're in a fight and flight and freeze kind of a state and if we're in a reactionary state. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And uh, if you're doing it while you're driving, I, I hope that you're, you're super safe Don't while you're listening your to that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's one thing I've definitely learned is, is breathing techniques. And now I've got another one that I can add to this, to my arsenal. So I love that. And I appreciate, you know, me being able to put you on the spot and boom, right there came through with an actual item, which we'll get into even later on. So, you know, people in general, we get stuck you know, they say you can't see the picture through the frame, the tree through the forest. And we're still going through some form of a pandemic. It's the reality. But to me, it causes a reset and how we can accomplish things. You know, you and I kind of even talked about that. Some of the people that, you know, some of the, the crabs out there that uh, still aren't seeing that part. How have masterminds helped you when you're looking to reset yourself and get unstuck? Masterminds, in my experience, have always called me up. It's been a space where, and I curate these too, so I get to see it all the time when I'm running groups. We have these environments where we're surrounded by people who see us differently than we see ourselves. And when we start to get into the mud or we start to get stuck, we start to tell ourselves a story of why we can't or shouldn't or you know are incapable or unworthy. We can surround ourselves with people who won't put up with that crap, who see the power that exists in us or the creativity that exists in us or the skills or the superpowers or the abilities that exist in us and say, hey, this is how I see you. So how about you borrow my faith in you until you can get back to a space of having your own? Having humans in my life that have called me out on that stuff and have shown up for me when I'm in a bit of a spiral or I'm in a bit of a, you know, mud stuck space has made all of the difference. And then also in seeing them step up in watching them do their work and watching them get creative and watching them build their businesses, it's a light of what's possible. And what's really key in my experience with masterminds and group coaching type environments is that we surround ourselves with people who call us up. We surround ourselves with people who help us level up, not people who are necessarily on the same plane. I've been in groups where I'm like kind of the top dog business-wise and it's like, okay, well, this is comfortable and supportive and lovely and it's like a big old warm hug. And I've been in groups where there are people who trigger the F out of me 
because I see them doing things that register something in me about what I like to call the capability gap. There's something I know I'm called to and capable of, and then there's where I am right now. And something about their moving forward or their success or their shifts or their accomplishments triggers in me this reflection of, I know I can do more than I'm doing right now, but something's getting in the way. So what's getting in the way? What work do I need to do? What do I need to lean into so that I can move through that capability gap and close it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cutting out the noise, bringing in the signal, building that bridge, you know, here, here, you want to go here. And, and, and that is, it's, it's so true. You get in that room and I, I heard this recently in a conversation that was, it was a mastermind like conversation and the self-doubt in someone, but they were super successful, but they had self-doubt. And a gentleman by the name of Frederick Douglass Bussey, he said, listen, you don't need my permission, but since you're in this space right now, I'm going to give you permission to be great. I'm going to give you permission to go do what you want to do. You don't need mine, but hey, I'm saying it's okay until you feel that you have that power in you. And that is what the power of the right mastermind and the right people are able to do. It's not always the person yeah. that curates the mastermind that is like the, 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 the lynch pin or the, the key figure. It's the people that, that gravitate towards them that are sometimes, you know, finding a business out of helping someone through it. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the overall group. It's like a symbiotic relationship. I call this resonance. Mm -hmm. So I'm musical by background. And I always think of, you know, clients as being, or, you know, us in our own lives as being melody. We lead, we decide what we do. It's all on us. And then we have people like coaches. Coaches are the harmony. They bring out depth. They add layers. They create more out of what exists. But then when we get into a group space, there's this like vibrational alignment that moves us forward and propels us all forward together. And it's this powerful, almost embodied thing when you get in a space with other people and you're learning from each other's experience because there's these parallels and everyone just moves forward. It's like there's not an option to be left behind. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Yeah, no mastermind member left behind. That should be the, that should be the motto. No one's getting left behind in there. <laughs> Uh, you know, masterminds, they've, they've been around for a while. Probably if you think about it, the first one, uh, you know, was really probably the apostles. And then from there, Benjamin Franklin, he creates the Junto Club or the Leather Apron Club. And then eventually this guy by the name of Napoleon Hill, he, he rounds it out and writes a book about it, you know, and, and, and we get to hear and read what a mastermind, you know, what, what, what it is. As there continues to be a huge boom in self-education, coaching, masterminds, mentorship, on the other side, you've got college, university, you know, continuing education. Where do you see the parallels going between standard education and self-education going forward? I think standard education supports our self-education and that there's so much available. There's so much to learn. And for us to have people and places that can learn the details, that can get into the weeds and then pull out the key pieces for us so that we don't have to do all of that work. That's where I see it being really vital. When I look at areas of human psychology, for example, there are tools that I use in my day-to-day -day that have been completely transformational in my life that I've done a lot of self-education about. 
but they're things that have been studied and developed and created over, you know, 50 to 100 years. And then I can study under the more, you know, professional environment or structured environment of people who have been working in the field of a specific you know, type of psychology framework for 70 years and get all of their knowledge, get all of their context and integrate that with my own and my own understanding of things. Yeah. And then take, you know, things like the Enneagram, for example, because I'm a total nerd in that space. And then also take Brene Brown's work because she's one of my heroes in life and I've worked through some of her programming and blend them together. And as I do my own consolidation, then I can do some of the training and providing information to people who might be doing their own learning on their own self-paced environment with this new context of how do these things work together? Yeah, no, I like that. It's uh, you've gave, it's, I use food analogies because I like to cook and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's like you've got the, the cherry pie and the, uh, the, the strudel over here. And, and that's, you know, this person's version, this person. And then as you learn from both of them, what, what Julie's doing is, at least what I'm hearing, is she's mixing them together to make it her own thing and taking knowledge from other sectors and saying, okay, this is how it pertains to me. And when I bring them together, it's like this whole new dish of just something wonderful. Yeah. So I love that. You know, and let's kind of keep going in that area. I think when, when people look to invest in themselves, I think the highest investment, the best investment you can ever do above the stock market, above the housing market, and you and I have, are in both, and you came from that background as well. But you can't control the return on that. What you can control is the return on the ROI on yourself. And so that's why I think investing in yourself with someone else is so key and vital to, to your success. What should people expect when they enter Julie's reality and work with you? Well, they really need to understand that regardless of what they want to work on, everything boils down to them getting in their own way. We are the foundation that everything we want to build in our life is built on. So I'll meet with people and they'll talk about, I really want to achieve this in my business or really want to achieve this in my relationship or I really want to get clear on like, I just don't even know who I am. And anything we want to achieve, any expansion or growth that we want to go through comes back to us and our own work on us. So where I love to focus from that perspective is on these questions of who are you, what drives you, what fires you up, what lights you up, what's your purpose, and then getting into what's the next expansion? Where's that capability gap between what you know you're called to and capable of and where are you right now? And then we dive into the fun part of what's getting in the way. Because when we can get out of our own damn way, then we can go build the things. We don't always need someone to tell us what to do. We can figure that out because we have our own experiences. We have our own inner wisdom. We have our own innate abilities and strengths and superpowers. But if our you know, inner critic is taking over or if we're trying to be something we're not, if we're trying to lean into skill sets and abilities that we're just not wired to have in the first place, that shit's not going to work. So it's really this focus on how do I build that foundation and get really clear on who am I and what do I want from life? What is the impact that I want to create and I'm called to create? And then what is stopping me from moving there? That's the work. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and kind of got going a little bit further, you know, about the people that you work with, I feel that people, they can surprise us from time to time, whether it's the grit, the grind, the willingness to learn and accept something new, you know, that we otherwise thought wasn't really in our way per se. 
I'd love for you to share a success story. If you can use names and details, great. If you have to have a little anonymity, also respect the heck out of that. But give us a success story of someone that came to you, invested in themselves, invested in you, and what was the outcome because of that? My favorite example is a client I started working with last year. And she was in a business that she absolutely hated, but it was going to make a lot of money. And as we started to do more of the work and we started to get clearer on who is she, what are her superpowers, what does she want from life, she got more and more clear that this thing she was attaching to, this job she was holding on to, this potential for quote unquote abundance was making her absolutely miserable. And we also recognized that, hey, you have all of the skill and talent and ability in the design field in sales, in set design, in restaurant design, in commercial design, in furniture, and all of these spaces that when she talked about, she lit up. And so for me, the success was twofold. One, it was leaving this other job she hated and jumping back into what she's passionate about and now being this multi-passionate entrepreneur that is building about six different arms of business. And I see it just exploding. Like the trajectory is there. It's set. The other success, though, was that I actually had her speak at my last conference. And when she talked about her shift and her change, she owned it personally. It wasn't, hey, Julie helped me do this thing or because of Julie. And it was my conference, right? But it wasn't because of me that she'd done this thing. It was I showed up and I did the work. And that was such a win for me because it's so important that we own our own successes. Our coaches don't do the work for us. That's like codependency. I need to give the coach all the credit. I need to, you know, lean on them. I won't be able to do it without them. That's bullshit. But for her to show up and say, I did this thing and now I'm leaning into my passion and creating the impact I want in the world, that was everything for me. Yeah, that's, it's, you you see something just come to life. It's like a new being, a new flower, just something that happens right there. And by them owning their success, they also owned and didn't point finger probably at what was holding them back, which was also themselves, but then they own both sides of the story. And that's, that's gotta be unbelievably important. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. It was like, I thought this is what was going to make me happy. In turn, it was actually what was making me miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a tough one, uh, you know, to sometimes go through. You know, we talked a little bit about success and how sometimes we use other people's definition of success to bleed into what we find successful and that's just a hot mess in itself. A lot of the times on the solo shows, we talk, what does it take to be successful? Mentorship, experimentation, partnerships, willingness to fail. And on the flip side, willingness to define success and why so many of us don't define success of what it is to us is because once we do that, we've also defined the opposite, which is failure. What do you feel is a key attribute in becoming and creating success? I do agree that defining it is fundamentally important. But beyond that or below that as foundational to that is getting clear on the purpose. What is my purpose in life? And this was personally a massive shift for me when I realized that I am put here to help people find their fire and trust their inner knowing and live their purpose so they can have their most fulfilled and impact creating lives. 
that shifted everything. It was like, then why the F am I in real estate? What, what is this? Because I was defining success in terms of that business context. And in reality, success for me wasn't even in that industry. Success required me to step out and be empowering people. It required me to put myself in positions and environments where I could show up for people in a context that would help them do those things, that would help them live powerfully, purposefully, and passionately. And so getting clear on the the impact, the purpose, it pulls us through towards an end goal. Because success can be also thought of as very much a, you know, I'll get here. Like when I'm here, then I'm successful as opposed to more of a state of mind or a state of being or a constant journey. And it's like, we may have a next goalpost, but beyond that, our purpose continues. It's like a river that keeps flowing and we just happen to put a stake in the middle of it somewhere down the river. Great. We get there, but it still moves beyond that. So understanding what's beyond that is really important. I made the mistake for years. If I hit this number inside the company, I'm successful. And then I got there and it was like, we got there faster than we had marked it for. And it was like, well, I don't feel any different. So apparently I wasn't playing big enough. So you more than double that and also shorten the timeframe again, you get there even faster and still, and you're like, okay, so setting numbers doesn't make me feel anything in the realm of success. You can have goals, you can have things, but I love that. You can have this goalpost, but the river keeps going beyond it and keeps going beyond it. So that's, uh, wow, that one really resonates with me. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. We've got a, a few qu- questions left as we get closer to the end. I feel that, uh, you know, in times of prosperity, the winds come in a little bit easier, but ingenuity and creativity come when we feel the squeeze and the world's still feeling some form of squeeze. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? So many things. <laughs> We are working on our next summit, which is happening in June. We are bringing together musicians and spoken word poets and CEOs and breathwork facilitators and podcasters and authors and this incredible collection of humans to create a day of inspiration that will fire people up. So that's happening. We are also working on our next round of calls and courageous groups. This is my group coaching environment, the tentative plan, and I hold things looser than I used to. So the tentative plan is after the summit in June that we'll roll out our next couple round of those to really give people a space for self-exploration, to understand those questions of who am I, what drives me, what do I want, what's getting in the way, and how am I going to move through my next expansion? So those are the biggest things. Uh, We've got some really exciting podcast guests coming up soon. There's always lots happening. It's hard to nail that down into a couple minutes, but those would be the two big focuses right now. Awesome. And we'll love sharing that, you know, with with our listeners out there. And uh, if they want to learn more about this epic June, you know, summit, best place for them to go right now is? Our website or... Instagram has a link there too. So same places as the beginning of the show. There you go. Hey, super easy easy to find. Yeah. We're not going to hide it from you. All right. Last one. What is a tip, a tactic, an actual item that if anyone listening to this today implemented this over the next 30, 60, 90 days, they'd see a real impact on either their personal or business life. I'm going to tack on to this conversation we were having about breathing before. Taking time daily, even if it's five minutes, to do a breathwork exercise, to slow down and breathe so that your nervous system can calm the F down 
so that you can focus because it really is a slowdown to speed up and so that you can stay out in front of the health and body manifestations of stress that ultimately show up when we're pushing too hard. But this is a tool that is so beneficial in terms of warding that stuff off, in terms of getting into our creative and visionary spaces and just staying out of the stress and anxiety of the world. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be stresses, anxiety that come at you from all different directions all day long. Sometimes it's a conversation amongst two people, not here, but they come in with a story, you come in with a story, and then you create your story together. So you don't know where they're coming from. So I I love that breath work. It's, It's been unbelievably helpful for me uh, over the last few months as I started learning about this. So I would highly recommend listening to what Julie's saying, not just because I'm saying it, but because her, she's saying it and someone that's a coach to her is saying it and it will make an impact on you. I guarantee you it will. We have got the founder of the Becoming Ourselves Summit and podcast, Julie Wenger. Julie, thank you so much for what you brought to the listeners and to, to myself today. Thank you. Absolutely my honor. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing The Mastermind Effect.